Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, we are about to complete our our short sermon series called The Ugly Christmas Sweater. And if you're joining us via podcast, we want to say thank you for clicking on us. And we really want you to know that we're here about helping people take their next step closer to Jesus together. My motives can taint even my seemingly good deeds and my good intentions if my motive is slanted. The truth is our motives, if they're not aligned with the Lord, can taint your actions as well. Welcome back to week three on this current series. But as you can tell by my sweater and a whole bunch of other people's sweaters around here, it really is an ugly Christmas sweater series. But it's for a reason. Because you remember when Aunt Gertrude made that sweater or your grandma made that sweater and your mama or your papa said, you have to wear that and you're going, no way. Somebody's going to take a Polaroid. Somebody's going to get a picture with their phone with me wearing that and it's going to be posted and it's going to be all over the school. I'm not putting that thing on. You know, that's the power of ugly. You don't want to be connected to it. But what happens when we find ugly is actually inside of us? And all of a sudden, those around us are are repelling and pushing away, and they don't want to be close to us. Because it's not the ugly sweater. It's the ugly coming out of us. You know, this Christmas season, any Christmas season, really is about the most wonderful time of year. But unfortunately, some of us can end up with ugly thoughts, with ugly actions, and ugly words that can hurt the people we care and love that are around us. Today, I want to talk about the ugly motives and how ugly motives can hinder, well, our relationships and harm the people that we say we love and really harm our Christian witness and testimony as believers. Now, I had a naughty motive many, many years ago. It was ugly. You might laugh, but I realize now, and I have repented, so please don't point the finger. But I think it was during the time when my wife was pregnant with Hunter, Because Hunter was a big baby. He was over nine pounds. And I had a lot to do with that because my wife didn't have the cravings. I did. And because of that, it was was softball night, and I was going to go play that night. So I was getting all my gear ready and whatnot, and I kind of holler out to my wife. I said, hey, babe, don't you have a craving for a banana cream pie? She goes, no, not really. I said, no, babe, don't you have one? She goes, okay, I have one, whatever. Shook her head and walked away. 
grabbed my bag, and I took off and played the game. And right after the game, I ran right over to Marie Callender's. I knew exactly where I was at, but I didn't make it in time. They were closing up. So I banged on the door till the manager came up. I said, my wife's pregnant. She has a craving for banana cream pie. I said I was naughty. I didn't lie. She said she had a craving before I left. The dude went and got me a banana cream pie. I paid for it. I told him to keep the change. And he goes, hey, man, I totally get it. My wife's been pregnant with cravings, too. I smiled and grinned, and I said, amen, and just walked away. So I got my pie. And when I brought, when I brought that gift home, it was really a demonstration, something that revealed the true nature of my heart, of my motives. I was selfish, and I wanted pie. Have you ever had a story that if you could share, it would reveal that you were a little bit more naughty than nice? That you were maybe a little selfish too? This is a funny one. But how about the times we don't want to talk about the stories where it wasn't really funny? It hurts somebody. And it left a wound. Because it was really ugly. My heart was ugly. You see how important our motives are? See, one of the marks of a mature Christian is someone who is motivated to love and to treat others better than themselves. We're always tempted by our sinful nature to put ourselves first but through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the example of Jesus Christ who's laid it out for us through the, through the Gospels, we can overcome an ugly, selfish heart. Now, during Jesus' earthly ministry, Jesus was particularly interested in people's motives in their hearts. He was interested in the reason for why they did what they were doing. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. Because for Jesus, the deep-seated heart issue was more important than the activity of what you and I were doing. It was, why did you do that? I mean, that was good what you did, but can you be honest? Why did you really do that thing? Good or bad? That's Jesus. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. When you do something kind for somebody else, the Bible tells us don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. In other words, be quiet about it. Do it on the down low. Why? 
Because haven't you ever had somebody do something nice to you, but they're doing it in such a way so they could say, look at me? And they're not really being a blessing to you? Do you catch what I'm saying? Have you had somebody do something nice to you and nobody knew about it except you and that one person? Forever and ever, a true secret for all the right reasons. And all they say is, just pass it forward. When it's your chance, do the same thing. And don't even tell me. Do you see how, how that becomes contagious? And that beautiful thing of giving goes from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. All because that ugly heart became beautiful because the Holy Spirit came within. And we followed our Savior's example. Let's go to verse 5, the same chapter, Matthew 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody who look at me. How many want to apply the fivefold ministry to that crazy guy? You see what I'm saying? Jesus is speaking to a group of people who focus too much on living out the law and appearing, attempting to look like they were really righteous, when in actuality, they were unhealthy and their hearts are truly ugly. They were backwards of what God was and what His Son was. And He says, those individuals are hypocrites. Wow. Jesus' issue was not their actions. Remember, helping the poor and the needy and what they were doing in praying for others, those are all good things. What's he trying to say? Don't make it about you. When you make doing things about you, survey says, eh, you messed up. When you do it just to be a blessing, because Jesus has been a blessing to you, all of a sudden, somebody looks at you and says, you have your father's eyes. You look just like the king. Do you see the difference? How sweet. Jesus is always interested in the motive behind Marvin's actions and behind your actions. Doing the right thing for the wrong reasons was the concern that Jesus always had. You see, ugly motives can nullify our witness in the world. This Christmas season is it's full of opportunities to serve other people, family, friends. And some people may see this opportunity as a way to receive praise for their generosity to somebody else. And yet their hearts, without even knowing it, are actually ugly when you give that way. Have the heart of Jesus. 
Nobody needs to know. Just do it out of love. Love for the Lord and love for people. Not just Christians. Super easy. Super easy to do nice things for people who are just like you. How about helping for people who aren't like you? Now that's some Jesus stuff there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do while he's hanging on a cross. Praying for those who are crucifying him? Yeah, that's our example. The very way in which Jesus came to us on Christmas gives us the inspiration for living life with right motives, with a humble heart. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. Here's, the, here's that story of, of really Jesus showing us how to be humble. At the time the Roman Imperial Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire, this was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. Verse 3. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged. The fact that he was engaged according to Jewish law meant that they had to be recorded as together as married. Engagement really was looked at as being married. So they had to officially go together. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Notice scripture says her baby. Why? Because she was virgin. This was an act of of God. This was a miracle child. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. If anyone deserved praise for their actions, it surely would have been God of the universe becoming human in order to rescue humanity who was the same ones who had betrayed Him from the beginning starting in the garden when they ate the apple. And He's leaving heaven to become human in the form of a baby? Herod would come to try to kill Him? Just because he was born? And this had been going on for a while? Remember, they were trying to kill babies back when Moses was born? This has been going on. That spirit of trying to find the Messiah, let's take him out. Who's going to be the great deliverer? No, Moses was a great deliverer, but he wasn't the Christ. And so he's trying, the enemy of our soul, he's trying to take out Jesus. But he comes because he's humble, because... He loves humanity, his children, his family. Clearly, Jesus' motives were not for recognition and praise. His motivation was love. The very reason we celebrate during Christmas is because of a divine act of humility in the birth of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. He set the example for us to follow. Jesus should be our motivation. 
an ugly Christmas sweater at, Christmas, at a Christmas party is really, the motivation is as I go in there is, look at me. The Christmas sweater is all about me, myself, and I. The more uglier it is, the more attention it draws. And it's about us. I'm not, I got us all wearing them. Why? Because we're all selfish. <laughs> the thing about ugliness is it draws attention to me. That my life is all about me, myself, and I. Look how ugly I can be with my heart, with my motives, my actions, my words. Do you really want that kind of attention? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, Paul writes this, work at it with all your heart as working for River Rock Fellowship. As working for the Lord. Not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. He's saying, man, do what you got to do for the kingdom of God. Keep it quiet. Why? Because the only one who sees it is the one who's invisible to you and me. But he has great record keeping. And when it's time, Oh, the jewels and the crowns, the acknowledgement. But the truth is, is we can't do that. Our humanness doesn't think that way. We, we don't think in the future that way. We think, what can I get now? Look at me now. But when you move as Christ does, Christ says, I'm doing this now so that the rest of eternity, I will have all my family be with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Jesus knew it. I do this now into humility. And what happens in the end? Man, we get to have a party around this big table. And guess what? I prayed all the calories out. Dig in. I'm loving it. When we're living a righteous life, we're not trying to impress other people. We're about honoring the Lord. There's no more ugly motive. This Christmas, may we all allow Jesus to guide our hearts, our words, our actions, no matter how tempted we are to be self-serving. Be careful where you put your expectations. It can mess with your motivation. What do you mean? If you have expectations that are not spoken, and you have them on your children or adult children or, or whosoever, or a spouse or whoever, and you don't show that expectation, but that expectation's way up here. It's unspoken, but it's way up here. And all of a sudden, the people who don't know about that expectation give everything they possibly can, and they come to here. They gave you their all. But somehow, they failed before they even tried. Why? Because you never told them that you wanted this. 
but you expected this, and they gave you their all right here. Who's really at fault? Not them. Be careful with your expectations. Be reasonable with your expectations. Because if you bring them way down here and they come up to here, look what just happened. They excelled. And they didn't fail. All because you looked at your heart and said, I'm not going to be ugly this year. Whoop! Now, how about have expectations for yourself on how you can bless them and you meet that need? Do you see how everything goes from ugly to beautiful? Because we start here in this heart. Christmas should never be a competition. Ever have those Christmases? Ever see the sibling rivalry going down? One of the reasons we find ourselves fighting against ugly motives is because we find ourselves in competition. Competition for attention or competition for recognition. And there's this rivalry going on between us and them, whoever them is. In the Christian world, there's just no room for that. It only brings about pain and hurt. You shouldn't be competing with a sibling. You shouldn't be competing with family or friends. Competing to get more attention from a parent. That should be over with. Because a sign of mature Christianity is, I'm trying to win his heart. And Him alone. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. It's one of the reasons when you look through the Scriptures, when you find a parent who showed favoritism, it always blew up in their face. Look at Joseph and all of his brothers. He had the coat of many colors. I bet that thing was ugly. And as he's strutting his stuff like a peacock, what happened? Sib this sibling rivalry. All these guys couldn't stand him. They beat him up. They threw him in a, in a pit in a cistern. They sold him off as a slave. Is any of that not ugly? Why is it ugly? Because there was sibling rivalry. And it twisted their hearts and their motives got all tangled up in dark, ugly, ugly bitterness. Don't need to compete. If you got a parent that shows favoritism, it only reveals their stupidity. It only reveals how messed up they are. It doesn't reflect on you. Love them for them at where you can. You honor the role of father, of mother, of grandma and grandpa. But don't let that impact you. Watch what will happen. The ugly comes off and the pretty stays.
Paul speaks to this mentality of rivalry in, in actually in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 3. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. That, that means even sibling rivalry or any kind of wrong competition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Does that say that you are just trash and you should just think of yourself as dirt? No, it's actually saying something very different. Something very divine. Let me read this again, but now it's in a different Bible version. The other one is New King James. This one's the NLT. It says, don't be selfish, Marvin. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. What does that mean? It means J-O-Y, joy. Jesus first, others second, myself last. He's saying take care of you, but in the meantime, make sure this between me and Jesus is right. And then after that, start taking care of other people around you. And when that's all taken care of, then take care of you. That's how you find joy. Jesus, others, yourself. Somebody say amen. So this week, I, I want to challenge you to maybe be a secret servant. Be a secret servant agent. This week, I want, you, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to find, I don't care whether it's a family, a friend, a spouse, somebody that God puts on your heart to go do something incredibly special just for them. And here's the trick. Make sure there's no way they can find out it's you. Amen? And watch what God will do with you. There's something dynamic when we do things, in this case, in the secrecy of the Holy Spirit, and we just go bless somebody, and they have no idea who did it. And they would never pick you, because it's not about you. And in this case, it's really even not about them as much as it is being like Jesus. And watch what happens to that ugly sweater or that ugly heart in you. It's a great challenge. Who's going to take the challenge? Amen. The rest of you are saying you'll receive the challenge. I understand. All right. The Bible says in Acts 20, verse 35, at the end of that verse, it says, it's more blessed to give. Say it with me. Ready, begin. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, if you've got kids or maybe you've got grandkids, you know what that means. It was great being a kid and coming down to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning and all of a sudden there was the bike or that really cool thing you were looking for. But when you got to be the one who got to be the gift giver, you got to be the Santa Claus, if you know what I'm talking about, or Mrs. Claus, and you got to see that child come running down and screaming, my bike, whatever it might be, you were like, oh my gosh, I would have bought him two for that emotion. 
It was so awesome to watch them be so excited about the gift that you gave them. It is more blessed to give than to receive, isn't it? I challenge you. Rip off that ugly heart, that ugly motive, and do it the way Jesus would do it. For one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. And watch how He'll bless you. So, Father, we come before you, and we ask that you would have your will and your way in us. Bless your people. Lord, their faithfulness to give, even today to to me and my wife and to Lauren and Miguel. Lord, there's something dynamic inside of them. And so, Lord, I pray for their faithfulness to follow Jesus. Challenge us, Lord. Help us to be faithful to the cause of Christ. So, Lord, I pray, bless each and every one here. Bless their families, their marriages. Bless their friends and their communities. Lord, bless them as they're a blessing, as they're the the eyes, the hands, the ears of Jesus. We pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.